Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. It's Monday, Edwin. Yes, it is, Andrew. It's time to do a Text Talk, Edwin. I'm excited about Psalm 38, Andrew. All right, Edwin. <laughs> you should read Psalm 38. What Bible are you going to read out of this morning? Well, it's Monday. And so that means the English Standard Version, because that's my normal version. So Psalm 38, a psalm of David for the memorial offering. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath, for your arrows have sunk into me, and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate all the day I go about mourning. For my sides are filled with burning, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. O Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs. My strength fails me. In the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague, and my nearest kin stand far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long. But I am like a deaf man. I do not hear. Like a mute man who does not open his mouth, I have become like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth are no rebukes. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. For I said, only let them not rejoice over me who boast against me when my foot slips. For I am ready to fall, and my pain is ever before me. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin, but my foes are vigorous. They are mighty, and many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good accuse me because I follow after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. I have such a response to the reading of that psalm, uh, one of, of concern and uh, even pity, I think, how terrible to be in this situation. It just seems like a list of everything that could possibly hurt you and afflict you and trouble you has all come on the psalmist at once, has all come on, you know, David at once. Everything that could possibly happen to a person seems to be happening to him, kind of like Job. Yeah, yeah, a lot like Job, actually. A lot like Job. Every uh, every uh, aspect of, of sickness and trouble, a lot of physical health. I guess it doesn't talk as much about being robbed or poverty, but at the same time, there are enemies afoot, and the abandonment comes through loud and clear, like everybody that ever knows him doesn't want anything to do with him, and this is his hour of need. Yeah. This reminds me of something we talked about last week where we contrasted. You know, last week's psalm we called a wisdom psalm. We said it reminded Mm -hmm. us of Proverbs. This one is not wouldn't get in that genre necessarily, but again, it's another one of those foils for the Proverbs approach, where the Proverbs approach is very positive. It's very, it almost seems just very cut and dried for most of the Proverbs. You mm-hmm. do good, you get good, you do bad, you get bad. This is just the way it is. And so don't, go do good and, and you'll get good. Mm-hmm. And then we've got this psalm where here is suffering. And yet, Maybe it's not quite the foil because this is one psalm where all the bad 
is happening by his own admission because of his own sin. So he's taking responsibility and acknowledging sin. A little bit of uh, you reap what you sow here. I was seeing this in verse 18. He says, for I will declare my iniquity. I will be in anguish over my sin, the way the New King James renders it. Um, There is a a spiritual connection here uh, that he makes to to all of this uh, trouble. Well, even before that, in verses 3 through 5, we've got this threefold reason for why he's going through all this. It starts with your indignation, and then it moves to my sin, and then it moves to my foolishness. Mm, mm-hmm. And what we, what's really cool is we move to that verse later. We, we've got all this suffering because of that. Yeah. And so then what does he do to resolve this? Mm-hmm. He climbs a mountain and does really, really hard things and proves to God that, look, I'm really better than all of that. No, he confesses. He brings it to God and he confesses it and God is going to provide the forgiveness. And that's huge because in this isolation, everyone else has turned their back. It makes me wonder to what what kinds of sins he has done. We'll talk about that, I guess, more in another program to offend other people, but... You know, when nobody will listen to you, you've messed up so bad, you've wrecked everything. Yeah. But here's a long-suffering God who will hear his people. The thing that I really see in this psalm, I guess just kind of piggybacking off what you've said, is this is a psalm that I think just about everybody can find something to relate to. On a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think we all hit those bad days. No, we absolutely have. We've all been sick, miserable sick, and there's some poetic imagery of some miserable sickness going on in this (laughs) psalm. Yeah, so, okay, so the first thing that I want to recognize is so often there, there seems to be this either I'm in or I'm out, either I'm good or I'm bad, either I'm upright or I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that really strikes me in this psalm is David is clearly admitting his own sin. Yeah, he he is clearly admitting that the reason he is going through all this is because of his sin and his folly, and it is God's indignation against him. But when we get to verse 20, as he's talking about why these enemies, the the pragmatic personal reason they are choosing to do this, however God is working it out behind the scenes, the reason why the foes are vigorous and mighty, and there are many who hate him wrongfully, they render me evil for good, accuse me because I follow after good. Mm. So here is David who is able to kind of see this, this idea that, what he wants is good and what he's right. been striving after is good, but at the same time, he has also sinned. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have this black and white dichotomy, no. bad people, good people. We've got this person who wants to serve the Lord, who who is striving to serve the Lord, but at the same time has fallen and, and sinned. Yeah, it, it, it's some of that, oh, wretched man that I am. And instead of just the, uh, you know, temptation to sin, David's saying, and I have fallen, and I have done some things. He's not saying, because I've tried to do good, my sins don't matter. No, he is not. He's also not saying, because I have sinned, the good things I'm doing don't matter. I, and that, to me, is what's really fascinating. And so so I love this relatability. I can I can get into the psalm and realize, because that's where I am. Yeah. And, and I know there are people who are enemies who push back yes. because of the good things I try to do. Yeah. Now, the, the crazy thing is, of course, when they see the bad things, and, and I, I let's put a pin in this one because I want to, on another conversation, talk about this. When they, when they see the bad things, 
they capitalize on those. Oh, yeah, they're going to gonna attack, pile on. Yes. To attack. Yes. When I'm trying to do good. That's what makes it also, worse. Yeah. So absolutely. But so the relatability here of I understand what it's like to be this person who does good, who wants to do good, who loves good. But at the same time, I've also sinned. I, I can relate to that. Yeah. The relatability is key. It puts me in mind of a New Testament passage in First Corinthians 10 and verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. When we face temptation, when we fall into sins, maybe sometimes we think we're the only ones. No one has ever faced something like this before. Uh, no one has either you know, withstood it or, or fallen as great as I've fallen. We become so defeated and yet we are encouraged by the word of God that what we're going through, we're not the first, not going to be the last, probably not the only one at this moment. Mm. Repent, turn to God, when seek you, other aid. When you talk about that, it reminds me of a term I once heard called terminal uniqueness. Okay, so terminal, I, I think of death. Yes. Yeah, the end. Yeah, <laughs> and uniqueness. I am singularly unique, and that leads to my death. I have terminal okay. uniqueness. Wow. And here's here's the idea. The idea is when you come to me and give me counsel, or, or anybody else comes to me and gives me counsel, the, the way I respond to it is, well, you're not as bad as I am. Mm. You're not as bad as I am. You, you're not going through the things as bad as I am going through, and therefore nothing you say can help me, so mm. I'm not going to listen to you. Or the other side of that terminal uniqueness is, okay, look, I get it, but you know, you're crazy. You're really <laughs> bad. And so I can understand why you, being as bad as you are, oh. would, would do the things you're doing, but I'm not that bad. Not bad. And so I don't, I don't have to listen to you in that case either. And so what I end up doing is no matter who comes to me, talking to me, giving me advice and counsel, I can figure out a way to dismiss it because I am singularly unique. I am not as bad as half of the people in the world and the other half of the world is much worse than I am. And so any of the stuff they bring to me, any of the counsel advice... I can ignore. So that's its own kind of deception then, isn't it? Yeah. And we perpetuate in a sin telling ourselves those kinds of lies. So what I like about this psalm is I think it takes away that terminal uniqueness. Mm. The, the idea that nobody has gone through what I am going through. Here David is saying, been there, done yeah. that. Yeah. Been there, done that. Let me tell you what helped. I, I turned to God. I confessed my sin. God is there for me. He, again, what is he going through? Sickness, mm -hmm. so so physical and biological yeah, we malady. See that talked about. Yep. We've got relational isolation. Friends and family have turned away from him. Mm -hmm. We've got enemies who are trying to stab him in the back. Mm -hmm. who are trying to hurt him. I guess it's right. You mentioned earlier, we don't seem to see a whole lot of financial turmoil in here. But I guess for me, I find that implicit. In, in a life where I'm on the run, sick, people are abandoning me, you know, the, these kinds of things, what is, what is automatically in danger? My financial well-being. Well, sure. Yeah. So, so that one, I guess I, I guess I do have to take as more implicit. But, you know, what does he say? I wait on you, Lord. Mm -hmm. This this is what I'm going to do for all these all these things that I'm facing all of these struggles I'm going to wait on the Lord you, you're the God who will answer. I appreciate about this psalm that uh, and and you mentioned this early on when we think about somebody who's had terrible trials and and everything bad could happen to him 
I do think about Job. The unique thing about Job is that he he actually was a righteous man, not uh, perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. But I mean, chapter after chapter, all of his buddies trying to persuade him, you must have done something awful to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. And Job's like, but not really. No, I can't think of what I did. No, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. With David here in this psalm, David said, yes, I did something. I don't know exactly what it was. We know in his life that there were some sins he committed. But but here you see the connection. Yes, and I have sinned. I'm wrong. One of the things that I read from a few commenters on this was, well, we don't know for sure if this really was God's reaction to David's sin or if we're just hearing David's perception on it, his perspective. I think this is in reaction. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's true that we don't know. But what I thought about it is exactly what you just brought up. You know, you had Job. You had Job who could say, this is happening to me and I don't deserve this. I have not sinned like this. David couldn't say that. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to try to put it over into this misty, murky, we don't know if God is really responding to David or if it's just David seeing all these things and remembering his sin. I'll tell you where David was. David couldn't say this has nothing to do with my sin because I haven't sinned. Right. You know, he he knew he had sinned. He knew he had sinned. And again, it's that relatableness. Because there's a lot of times, well, I don't know that God has done this thing specifically because I sinned, and yet I can't, I know that I personally can't be like Job and say, well, I I didn't sin, I don't, no, I I know, I know I've done things that, that if this is God directly doing this to me because of my sins, I deserve it. And what do I learn from this psalm? I can still go to God and talk to him about it. Again, we see that the psalm speaks to us in any stage of our life, any situation. And we're going to have some great conversations about Psalm 38 this week, uh, God's Word speaking to us when we're going through some very difficult things. We're so glad that you've tuned in f- uh, for the podcast today. Please send us an email. Let us know what you're learning from the Word of God. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We love getting those emails. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time in the Word. As we pour over these words in Psalm 38, we, we, we see, Father, the difficult situations that David found himself in. And we, Father, we see ourselves in those same places. We're so glad we can come to your Word and see we're not alone. We're not the first. We're not the last. We're not the only one. And God, we can turn to you. And with our hearts, we want to turn to you and follow you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Um... Where was that at? Uh, I lost the place. That's all right. (laughs)